Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner. College football season. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer right now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 freaking dollars in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odd boosts that they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located right here in the United States. So it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the Tra- down. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WIT-I-T. Welcome to New York. Attention fans, this is the Devil's State of Mind Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! Devils fans, it is once again your boy Neil Villapiano, and welcome to a very Finnish episode of the Devils State of Mind podcast, right here exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place, as always, to get the most up to date news, topics, discussions, and so much more about your New Jersey Devils. 
I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I do want to say, by the way, I apologize if I haven't been active on social media the last couple of days. Earlier this week, I took a really, really quick but very nice trip with a couple of my closest friends down to Atlantic City. It was my first time ever really staying in Atlantic City, and we had a great time celebrating my friend's birthday. Uh, Shout out to my good friend Alexis. Happy 24th birthday. Um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we all did, and we all love you very much. Um, But yeah, that's where I was the last couple of days. So obviously, I wasn't as active trying to stay off my phone, trying to just take a little bit of a break from obviously some work. But Obviously, the show must go on. I try to give you guys as much content as I possibly can, and this is why I'm able to do this episode. I'm recording this, obviously, as I normally do here on Wednesday, August 11th. This will come out, obviously, tomorrow on Thursday or whenever you guys are listening to this. And we have a couple of things, not a whole lot, but obviously, we have some really important news that we're going to discuss There really aren't any rumors because, again, we're pretty much in that period where things really, really quiet down until we get a little bit closer to training camp. But we're also going to be talking about a Hall of Fame goaltender that unfortunately was taken away from us too soon uh, this past Tuesday. And probably some of you know who I'm talking about. And if you saw, um, you know, obviously the title of this episode and the image that I posted on social media, you guys obviously know who I'm going to be talking about. But we... We, we still have a bunch to get to. We still have a bunch to talk about. So let's not waste any more time and drop the puck. So we're going to start with the most important news involving the New Jersey Devils. And this came out back on Monday. I want to say it was around like noon, one o'clock. So I was actually in transit from, um, from, my, from where I live to Atlantic City when I found this out. Uh, the New Jersey Devils announced that they had signed Yanni Kwokinen to a two-year, $3.65 million contract, and it's going to have an average annual value of $1.825. And this is phenomenal. I'm so happy that we were able to finally get Yanni Kwokinen done because in the previous episode, when we talked about, obviously, Sharon Govich getting his uh, contract and signing it. We said that Yanni Kwokinen was basically the last player uh, from the restricted free agent that the Devils had uh, that we needed to resign. So all of really the main restricted free agents that we had, because we lost a couple to some other to some other teams. But uh, when it comes to the main guys that needed to be resigned, uh, Tom Fitzgerald was good on his word, and he was able to get all of these guys to resign, and Yanni Kwokinen being the last one. And I think that's great. So now we can kind of we can relax with all the signings that we made and everything like that. We're now well, you know, well above the salary cap floor. So we don't have to do anything else. Um, I believe the devils now have about, I want to say 12, $11 million in cap space. And obviously that's not me saying that they need to now go out and use it for anything. I mean, obviously if, if Tom Fitzgerald feels, feels the need to do so, he will. But I think right now, honestly, you could look at this roster and say, okay, I think this is now what we're going to be seeing. And again, you know, we're going to have training camp. There might be a surprise or two of guys that might actually make the team that might or might not actually make the team. You never know. Um, I'm fairly confident, uh, almost 100%, that Yanni Kwokinen will make the team. As far as when it comes to, is he going to be a top six role player or bottom six? I think most likely you're going to see him end up being on that second line with Jack Hughes 
and probably Yegor Sharangovich. Uh, we, we've talked, we actually talked about this a little bit in detail in the last episode because we were talking about Sharangovich signing his deal and where he fits. He's certainly a top six player. I'm not saying that Yanni Kwokanen isn't, but when you look at Yanni Kwokanen, you look at a guy that also, I feel like down the road would be more of a really good depth player for this team. But right now, considering obviously we still have some holes to fill and because we're still such an incredibly young team, that he still is going to be a major factor. And you look at the chemistry that he had with Jack Hughes and Sharon Govich, you can see that those guys really, really enjoy playing with each other. And I think that that should be important. I think that Lindy Ruff to start out training camp and obviously preseason, uh, I think it would make sense for him to have these guys uh, play together and to continue to build that chemistry. Because if they can really get going, they're going to be very, very dangerous. And you look at it, Jack Hughes now has two years of professional hockey under his belt. And both Quokin and Sharon Govich each now have basically a full season of NHL hockey. So now they all feel more comfortable. They feel more confident. And that's really a good thing. Uh, let me read you a little bit um, about, uh, well, not not about Yanni Quokin, but from the article that, I've, that I have here from NHL.com. It says, uh, the 23-year-old forward, uh, who was obviously a restricted free agent, he scored, he had 25 points, eight goals, 17 assists in 50 games as a rookie. He was selected by the Hurricanes in the second round, number 43 overall back in the 2016 draft. And as we all know, Devils fans, he was acquired at the trade deadline of 2020 in exchange for defenseman Sammy Bottinen, which has still been one of the biggest steals that Tom Fitzgerald has made in his short tenure as the general manager. And mind you, he was the interim general manager at this time. He was basically doing this to also show to the organization that he knows what he's doing and he's the right man for this job. And this is a really big thing. And this is what I love. And then you look at, obviously, the last part of this article. It says, Quokinen's contract comes after forwards Thomas Tatar, $9 million. Sharon Govich, $4 million. Each signed a two-year contract with the Devils on Thursday. New Jersey on July 28th agreed with defenseman Dougie Hamilton on a seven-year $63 million contract and signed goalie Jonathan Bernier to a two-year $8.25 million deal. So, look, when you look at this deal, and I actually saw this from an article that was written by Vincent Parise of Bucks and Pitchforks, uh, which is a great place to for, for people to read articles about the Devils. They do a phenomenal job. Shout out to those guys. Uh, big fans of theirs. Uh, big fans of what they do, 100%. Uh, Bolano wrote the, uh, excuse me, Parise wrote this um, yesterday on Tuesday after the deal was was announced. And he talked about why he says that Yanni Kokinen's contract is perfect. So I think that's something that really intrigued me. And I wanted to read you a little bit of the article. And obviously, if you just go to Putts and Pitchforks, you'll see um, the article. It's, it's basically titled New Jersey Devils, Yanni Kokinen contract is perfect so it goes like this on monday new jersey extended him for two years with a 1.825 million average annual value that is a great number for a player like quokin who has a lot to prove with saying he has a lot to prove that is a compliment because he has already proven that he could be a very good player he had eight goals and 25 assists for uh 25 assists for points in 50 in 50 games getting a player that had half a point per game in his first full season for under two million dollars is a steal and I agree. I mean, if Quokinen becomes a point-per-game player or pretty damn close to it in these two years, I mean, that's an absolute dub right there for Tom Fitzgerald. Now, again, it's only a two-year deal, but still, it's it's it still works out nonetheless. That's the thing that's really important. Um, and I know, I know some people want to say, well, look two years ahead 
and we're going to be in a very difficult position. First of all, let's not worry about that because the fact that we've spent as much money as we've had and actually we're able to get really impact players, that's something that we should be focusing on and just focusing on the now. And we know that Tom Fitzgerald has a plan. We know he's going to get things you know, situated and everything. And he wanted to give both Sharon Govich and Quokin in contracts that were more than one year as proven things to say, okay, you've shown us a little bit right now. You've shown us what you're capable of. Now let's build upon that and prove us more and more. And we will you know, we'll reciprocate you or, you know, we'll, we'll put you in a position that you deserve to be in because of the way you've been playing. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, continuing on with this article, he is also really good at making sure his team is better when he is on the ice. His 51.6 Corsi 4 in 2020-21 proved that big time. He had significantly more assists than goals, which shows that he has some sweet playmaking ability. If he could score a few more goals, he will really prove to be a valuable offensive player. And he also, um, Parise goes on to write here that says the New Jersey Devils have a really nice depth player in Yanni Kokanen. For Kokanen, the next two years are very important. As mentioned before, he's a very good playmaker. Those 25 assists in 50 games don't grow on trees, especially for a player playing in his first full season. Now he will go into 2021-22 expecting to make a team in a normal October training camp setting. There are a lot of young, exciting players in the organization now. You heard about Kulkinen and Sharon Govich. They want to be a part of the young core with Nico, Jack Hughes, Ty Smith, Jesper Bratt, and Mackenzie Blackwood, among others. And getting Kulkinen, getting this Kulkinen deal done in a timely manner was huge because now they have their current group ready to go. There are still some more moves that could be made if they want, to, if they want but all their RFAs are not taken care of. This was a great move by the Devils as they are having a great summer. I cannot tell you the last time we had a summer this exciting. Maybe if you really want to push it, the last time we had a summer this exciting was probably when the Devils acquired Taylor Hall several years ago. And that was just one move. We made a couple other moves, you know, not, you know, during the offseason that obviously um, kind of worked out for us in one way or the other. But, you know, when it came to, you know, the level of excitement that a lot of us felt, other than maybe two years ago when we got Subban, we got Gusev, and then obviously a couple of years before that, we got Taylor Hall. We haven't had an off season where a lot of us can look at it and say, we are so excited to go into next season. And it really is interesting to see what a lot of people say about the expectations for this New Jersey Devils squad going into the 2021-22 season. From some people that I've been able to speak with and I've seen on social media, a lot of people are looking at it saying, this might be one of the most improved teams going into the year. This is a team that could take major steps moving forward. And look, Tom Fitzgerald, when he spoke to the media at the end of last season, he did say that he wanted this team to have meaningful games in late March and April and hopefully, you know, playing into the postseason. And that's really an important thing. Nothing would make any of us happier, basically, than to see the Devils make a run and actually maybe get in as one of the last teams in the playoffs and at least get into the playoffs and make some noise because this team is getting better. This team is already better, and we know we're going to see better. And it'll be really fascinating to see how Lindy Ruff puts this whole team together and moving forward. This part of the season is for Tom Fitzgerald to do everything he can to put the best product on the ice for the 2021-22 season. And he has done that. He has gone and lived up to every word that he has spoken. And I think that's the thing that's most phenomenal about what Fitzgerald has done. He has done a lot more than what Ratio did in a couple of years. He was the general manager of this team. And you could obviously look at that and say, well, how much was it him? How much was it ownership not giving him the green light? Whatever you want to say. 
at the end of the day, allowing Tom Fitzgerald to do what he needs to do to make this team better and actually going out and doing it is phenomenal. I mean, look, we got the best player and certainly the best defenseman on the market to come to New Jersey long-term. We've got some, we have a really solid veteran backup goaltender for Mackenzie Blackwood. We're able to acquire a guy like Ryan Graves that can easily be our top left shooting defenseman. We have, we brought in at the time, one of the top goal scorers in the free agent market in Tomas Tatar. I mean, we have a team that is definitely better in all phases. Is there still some things that we can do to make it even better? Of course, but everything now is a surplus at this moment. Tom Fitzgerald has checked off every single thing he needed to do this offseason. Everything he does between now and the beginning of training camp is gravy because he's done exactly what he's done and what he needed to do, and it's put the team in the best possible position moving forward to win. Now it's about these players coming to camp, being hungry, being ready to go, and competing every single night because that's what we want to see here. We want to see this team take more strides to becoming a Stanley Cup contending team in the future. And a lot of people can see that. I see that. I'm very, very excited about it. So all in all, this just brings me back to talking about getting Yanni Kulkin in sign is tremendous. The deal that he's getting, $1.825 million annually, is an absolute steal for a guy that had, that had 25 assists and is nearly almost a point-per-game player. He really showcased himself, and it'll be really, really exciting to see what he can do in a full 82-game season with already a lot of good chemistry. Because again, even though we've signed a couple of guys here and there, the, the bulk of the team is still the same. Now with chemistry, now going through a pandemic season, a season like no other, a crazy year up and down. These guys stuck together. They remained, you know, they remained, you know, close. They competed when they could. And they, they definitely grew as a team and as an organization. And now everything will just, you're hoping will continue to, you know, go up and up and up and up and up. And I think that's really the excitement here. So again, to kind of wrap this portion up of the podcast, the Devils back on Monday announced they had signed Yanni Kwokinen to a two-year contract worth $3.65 million and it will be an average annual value of 1.825. So Yanni Kwokinen, Welcome back to Jersey, baby. We're excited to have you back, and we're looking forward to seeing you continue to grow in this organization moving forward with the rest of the team. Now, obviously, I don't like to try to end podcasts on relatively a somber note, um, but in order of preference when it came to giving you guys the information, I wanted to get the devil stuff basically done before I got into this part. Um, unfortunately, yesterday, August 10th, 2021, the NHL uh, and the Blackhawks organization found out about the passing of legendary Hall of Fame goaltender Tony Esposito, who was taken away, with, away from us at the age of 78. He won 418 games for the Blackhawks from 1969 to 1984, and unfortunately, he had pancreatic cancer. Um, so right off the bat, my heart goes out to um, Tony, obviously his entire family, the Esposito family, his, his legendary Hall of Fame brother, Phil, um, the Blackhawks organization, and the entire hockey world, because um, this is a very, very sad day indeed. Uh, Tony earned a place beside his brother in the Hockey Hall of Fame by winning more than 400 games with the Chicago Blackhawks and having perhaps the greatest season of any rookie goalie in NHL history. Blackhawks gen, uh, chairman Rocky Wirtz said in a statement, he said, quote, the Blackhawks and the National Hockey League have lost a legend in Tony Esposito, who passed away today after a brief battle with pancreatic cancer. Esposito was born 
in Salt St. Mary, Ontario on April 23rd, 1943, 14 months after his brother Phil was born. Unlike his older brother, who took the conventional route of playing junior hockey before coming to the NHL, Tony opted to play college hockey in the United States, playing three years for Michigan Tech before signing with the Montreal Canadiens in 1967. The Canadians brought him to the NHL during the 1968-69 season, in which he went 5-4 with four ties in 13 games and was a backup on Montreal's fourth Stanley Cup championship team in five seasons. But in June of 1969, the Canadians had to choose between keeping him or veteran goaltender Gump Worsley in the intra-league draft. They opted to protect Worsley, and the Blackhawks took Exposito and solved their goaltending problems into the 80s. Esposito became an instant hit in Chicago by going 38-17 and 17 with eight ties, a 2.17 goals against average, and 15 shutouts, which is still a modern-day single-season record for an NHL goal. He was voted the winner of the Calder Trophy as the NHL Rookie of the Year, won the Vesna Trophy for helping, Black, for helping Chicago allow the fewest goals, and joined Phil Esposito, a center with the Boston Bruins, as NHL first-team All-Stars. And Tony helped the Blackhawks reach the cup final in 1971 and 73, though they lost to lost both times to Esposito's former team, the Montreal Canadiens. And he also was one of the goaltenders in the 1972 Summit Series. He played, I believe, one or two games there. He did win one of them. He won the first game that Canada ended up winning. And one of the things that I learned about Tony Esposito that was really kind of, I don't know if you would say it was a funny thing, but I remember when Phil Esposito was talking about his brother, the big thing, and I'm sure not just Phil, but any player who played with Tony, is that whenever it was Esposito's day to play, whatever, you know, whatever it was, he wasn't very, you know, he wasn't very talkative. As a matter of fact, he didn't talk to anybody. And anybody who tried to talk to him, he would basically like snap at them and say, get away from me. I don't like, he wants to be very, very focused. And, you know, look, everybody deals with, I wouldn't say stress, maybe some anxiety because you're playing and also just trying to get focused. They all deal with it in different ways. And for Tony, he just wanted to be very focused and just wanted to move forward and continue to try to, you know, be the be the best goaltender he could be every single game. And he did, winning over 400 games, becoming arguably the greatest goaltender in Chicago Blackhawks history. It's unfortunate that he wasn't able to win a cup in Chicago. But, you know, he gave it his all. The Blackhawks were incredibly lucky to be able to select him and bring him into the organization. And obviously, he will always be remembered as Phil Esposito's younger brother. And, you know, they played two different positions. He was a forward. Tony Esposito was a goaltender. But Tony Esposito wasn't just one of the greatest goaltenders in Blackhawks history. He's going to be remembered as one of the greatest goaltenders in NHL history. His numbers may not stand out as much as maybe some other great ones, like obviously Devils goaltender Martin Brodeur, Patrick Waugh, Dominic Hasek, guys like that, but he's still going to be remembered as one of the greats. Uh, former Blackhawks goalie Darren Pang, who debuted with Chicago the season after Esposito retired, recalled getting to know the player he emulated growing up and attending parties he hosted for goalies and defensemen. Pang would say, Pang said, I just remember going to his basement. It was in Elmhurst where he had his house. And he says, going down the stairs, Hunter Green, Hunter Green paint, millions of framed black and white and eight by tens and five by eight pictures of hockey and the pads on the walls, stick lays, sticks laying around. I remember taking a set of pads off the wall, putting them on my legs, and Tony would explain every bit of it. I guess to put it in perspective, when you grow up thinking about a player as if they're a god, something you never think you're going to be, and meeting the person and finding out the person is good as or better than you thought. 
that's what leaves a mark. That to me is something that's really special. And that just shows you. Because again, one of the things that we always find out, especially if you have the, the fortunate opportunity to meet your heroes, to meet um, you know, professional players in whatever sport or athletes or celebrities is that there are a lot of them out there that really, when you get a chance to know them, you realize they're really just like us. They're human beings. They're people that at one point were in a lot of positions that we're in or have been in as well. And they are able to, you know, associate themselves with these people and they're so laid back. And that was something that a lot of former players and family and friends said about Esposito is that especially after his playing days, you really felt like you got to know Tony really well and he was not afraid to reflect. And I know sometimes athletes don't want to talk about, you know, when they play, they'd rather just, you know, say that was that was that part of my life and now I'm moving on to this, you know, whatever the case may be. But you look at Tony Esposito and he just loved to talk hockey. He was a hockey guy through and through. He was a great individual. I've never had the chance to meet him and know him personally, but from what I've been able to gather, he was just a tremendous player, um, a tremendous person. And it's really unfortunate that something like pancreatic cancer uh, took him away too soon. He was too young and he had a lot more life left to live. And I'm sure that it's going to be a very difficult time for a long time for Phil and the entire Esposito family to, um, to move forward during this very difficult time. And with that, I'm going to say rest in peace to Tony Esposito, one of the greatest goaltenders of all time, one of the greatest uh, Chicago Blackhawks of all time, and certainly one of the greatest people of all time. He will surely be missed. Tony Esposito is taken away from us due to pancreatic cancer at the age of 78.